So let's welcome TJ Reeves, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Radio Network, to 60 Minute Overtime. And, and let's talk a little bit Tampa Bay Bucks draft. Wow. I mean, uh, first of all, it's good to be with you on 60 Minute Overtime. We'll get to the Bucks in a second. Daniel, I've been doing this a long time. And that was as crazy a night on Thursday night as I can recall. Unpredictable moves, trades, teams jumping up, teams moving back. Uh, that was truly as, as big a reality TV night as the NFL could have hoped for. We've already seen the television ratings are massive for the NFL Network and ESPN. So it's, and you saw the crowds in Philadelphia, 100,000 people on that plaza. So the draft, it's a, it's amazing what this has become and what a wild night. And I know we want to delve into a little bit about what the, what the Buccaneers did, but what a crazy, crazy first night of the draft to get things underway. And I even stayed up and watched the entire thing, which is like a, a humongous feat. I mean, it was like <laughs> 11.45. I'm still, I'm still recovering. Yeah, I, you know, and this, this used to be, now I'm going to date myself here, this is my age, this used to be an all-day and all-night, Monday-only thing in New York, in the area where you are. They would go into a smoke-filled ballroom with everybody smoking the cigarettes starting at 8 a.m. and just go until 10 p.m., 11 p.m., midnight, and do the entire draft in one day, and it was like 12 rounds. Oh, my God. So they now divvied it up as a, as a made-for-TV primetime event with a red carpet and and, uh, and everybody uh, under the big lights and on national network TV. So it, it is amazing what this has morphed into and all the hype and all the drama of who's going to take what player. And, uh, you know, everybody here in Tampa Bay was wondering, is it going to be a running back? Is it going to be a pass rusher? Well, it turns out it's a tight end right. that they didn't expect was going to be there. And that's the, that's the drama of the draft. That's the reality. That's the lure of the draft. You just never know. Right, so so let's let's just jump into the Bucks then. So first of all, what is your school of thought? Do you prefer the best available overall player, or do you prefer the best player for the team's needs first? Well, uh, the answer to that question is how good is your team? Because obviously, if you're a perennial playoff team, if you're a team that every year is contending for the Super Bowl, if you are the Patriots, if you are the Seahawks, uh, in recent years, if you are the Denver Broncos. You, you were in a much much more luxurious position of let's take best player available. Who is that? Is that an offensive lineman? Is that a, a defensive back? Is that a, a wide receiver or a running back? If you're a team that is, uh, obviously, if you're a team picking at the top of the draft, you're bad and you need everything. So you can go best available there. You might need three or four positions if you're a team like Cleveland that's picking every year. Uh, near the top, and you know you can pick probably two or three others. The Buffalo Bills seem to be near the top every year. Uh, the last two or three years, the San Francisco 49ers have been near the top. Uh, you know, other years, the Oakland Raiders have been near the top. They've finally gotten good. You need everything. Where the Bucks were are those teams that are pretty good, win seven, eight, nine, ten games, pick somewhere around 15, 18, 20, 22, and there, you're able to believe what is our need, what's our biggest need to help us. We have some pieces, we won some games, what's our biggest need? And in the Bucks case, arguably the biggest need was replacement at running back or at pass rusher, but again, it became too good to pass up when O.J. Howard of Alabama was still there. They, they didn't necessarily need a tight end, but he was too good. They loved to throw the ball. He was too good for them to leave on the table. 
Okay, so let's go through it. So the Bucks had one, two, three, four, five, six picks in the draft uh, this the couple past couple days. So for the listeners, um, here they are. Pick 19, they chose O.J. Howard, tight end, Alabama. Pick 50 was Justin Evans, safety from Texas A&M. Pick 84 was Chris Godwin, wide receiver, Penn State. Pick 107, which is still the third round, Kendall Beckwith, linebacker, LSU. In the fifth round, they had pick 162, Jeremy McNichols, running back out of Boise State. And right. Then, and now, now good luck with the name coming from the big defensive <laughs> lineman for USC. You're going to test yourself oh, here, let me Coach see. Let me try. Round seven, pick 223. His name is Stevie Tui, Tui Kolovatu, defensive tackle. Close yes. enough, yes. And, and uh, that's a Samoan for big load in the middle, tough to move, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Loosely translated is that, yes. Um, all right, so listen, they had a very balanced draft. It's three offensive players, three defensive players. Are you a fan of that strategy? Uh, look, uh, again, uh, it, they, they've had some interesting drafts under Jason Light, the general manager who's now been here for four drafts, because the first draft he did four, four seasons ago for the 2014 season, it was all offensive guys, and the Buccaneers had never done that. Every player was an offensive guy. And then the next year, the first three picks were defensive guys. So it just it kind of depends on who's available. Uh, and in this case, they never did really address uh, the outside defensive end. They got a defensive back, as you mentioned, around two. They got a linebacker, Beckwith, who tore his ACL at the end of the college season in November last year. And he is expected to be fully recovered, but that's a bit of a question mark for this summer and by the fall as to how healthy is he going to be for the 2017 season. But, uh, again, they believe that guy can give them some help. The receiver from Penn State is interesting. Uh, Chris Godwin is not big, but he is blazing fast. He is a guy that that uh, has a fast 40-time big play receiver from Penn State. So I'm very intrigued to have him now with Deshaun uh, Jackson, Deshaun Jackson being signed as a free agent from the Redskins, the former Philadelphia Eagles. So you got two speedsters there to go along with Mike Evans and the tight end O.J. Howard and some and some different targets that they can throw the football to. So yeah, they, they did well mixing it up, uh, and they end up with that big defensive tackle from USC at the very end. Now, O.J. Howard, one of the most coveted guys in this entire draft, he lands at pick 19 to the Buccaneers. What the heck? Well, I think, again, it's, it's one of those where as the evening progressed Thursday night, uh, better, than, better than me just trying to tell you about me, how about the Buccaneers head coach, Dirk Cutter? I don't know if you heard this story, but he was so antsy for the chance to get O.J. Howard and so excited when he was still there at, like, 13 and then still there on the 14th pick. And they're contemplating, do we have to trade? Do we have to trade to get to 15 or 16 to make sure we get this guy to move up three or four spots, and what are we going to have to give up? And he has to go to the bathroom, the head coach of the Bucks. He said, I'm so antsy and I'm almost superstitious that this is working out for us that I don't want to blow it, so I don't want to get out of my seat. So he sat there for another 45 minutes while the 15th pick happened and the 16th pick happened and the 17th pick happened to make sure, uh, as a good luck charm, that O.J. Howard would still be sitting there for them to get him. And uh, there was a great video on Buccaneers.com of Dirk Cutter making the phone call to O.J. Howard where he is saying to him, I have believed in you and I have wanted you all along, and I can't believe you were still there when we were selecting. So it truly, it just shows you 
uh, j- just like in life, it's a truth in life. Good things come to those who wait. When you are patient, when you when, when you are practicing patience, a lot of the time, what you're looking for will happen. And it happened for the Bucks there without them having to trade up. It's a tight end that most people believe was going to go in the top ten or certainly by the top fifteen because they figured someone would trade up to get him if he was still sitting there. 14, 15, something like that. Buccaneers sat where they were, got a tight end that can really help them. Uh, and, and I, you know, I know a couple of people that are, are very involved with the Alabama football program and they rave about OJ Howard and how team oriented he is. He is not a stats guy. He is not a self-centered guy that cares about, I've got to have five catches a game. He is content to have a game maybe where he doesn't have a catch where he's simply blocking and doing his job, running his routes, blocking, helping protect the quarterback, and do his job. So that's uh, that, that's refreshing to hear, and it's exciting for Buccaneer fans to hear that that is a, uh, a big, physical, apparently well-rounded individual they've got. So he already seems like he's going to be an immediate impact player for this upcoming season. So I, I believe he is he's penciled in, if it's not an ink, that he's not only going to start, he's going to play significantly right away. I mean, part of that's going to be how much they grasp the offense. It's a new, different offense than what he's been playing in, obviously, at Alabama. But uh, the potential exists that he will play a bunch and will be a big-time target, especially in the red zone, inside the 20, down around the goal line. I mean, Buccaneers already have Mike Evans, who's 6'5", with the long arms and very difficult to defend on balls that are thrown. Uh, Alley-oop, 50-50 balls, go get it. Uh, Cameron Braid is a big tight end who caught eight touchdowns a year ago. Same thing. He's a matchup problem. Now you put another one out there like O.J. Howard, who's 6'5 with the long arms. Good luck trying to figure out who Jameis Winston's going to lob the ball to and try to defend all of them. That's part of the plan here, obviously. So it sounds like Jameis Winston is the big winner here. He's three days of Christmas unwrapping all these presents, which are draft picks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and this... And this is what you want to do with uh, with the draft and with free agency is you want to build around it. They, they they got him because they were the worst team in the league two years ago by record and got the number one overall pick. That's how they got Jameis Winston. Now they've built into, two years later, a nine-win team that's putting the pieces around him like you described. So, yeah, I mean, uh, if you're him, you got to be jumping up and down. You can't wait for August to get here in preseason games and start seeing this stuff uh, for real, and uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to watch a talented young Buccaneer team see what they can do. Yeah, now Jameis Winston led the Bucks to the first winning season in I think it was six years. In, in which ways has he matured on the field, and, and I guess off the field as well? I think the the key here is two pronged. One, the belief now is we are better. The belief in that building, Danielle. I mean, there were so many bad seasons uh, in and around 2009, 2011, 2013, where, where, you know, 2009, you lose 13 games. 2011, you lose the last 10 games of the year. 2013, you lose the first eight games of the year. you got a lot of players that are around that now become accustomed to losing, and the culture is losing. And the belief is, almost non-existent. Well, now it has changed. The belief is we are now better. The confidence level is we can win games. We can play with the better teams in the NFC, if not in the NFL. So that's big. The second thing is is continuity. This will be the third year in Dirk Cutter's offense. He was the offensive coordinator two years ago. 
They end up firing Lovey Smith after a 6-10 and 10 season. Cutter gets the head coaching job. They keep the same offense with the same quarterback, Winston. We see improvement again. We see a nine-win season. This will be the third year of that offense. Continuity there and continuity on the defensive side of the ball also with Mike Smith, a former Falcons head coach, second straight year, the defensive coordinator uh, role for the Bucks. Bucks defense was better a year ago. Uh, again, they're going to have another year under their belt here in terms of experience. So, so the confidence level, the belief, and the continuity of the coaching staff tells me this team has got a great chance to be a playoff contending team, to be exactly what the Atlanta Falcons became in year two under Dan Quinn and their new coaching staff. Get a second year under your belt with everybody in place and look at what can happen. Now, um, do you think not aggressively pursuing Dalvin Cook, running back, is going to go back to haunt them? Because I know my cousin, I was texting with him live during the draft, and he wanted to trade up for him so bad. Will that come back and bite them, or what uh, It's a great question. And your cousin, uh, Danny, is not alone. There are, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Buccaneer fans and Florida State fans that live particularly in the Tampa Bay market that wanted to see this team take Dalvin Cook. It's a natural fit because he's a, he's a Florida State player. We've seen all of his games on TV in this state. Uh, he played with Jameis Winston for one year at Florida State, and there, there's perceived to be a need there for him uh, to, to come in and, and play and play significantly at running back, and yet they did not take him in the first round, uh, much to the dismay of some, and then did not trade up on Friday night at the beginning of round two to go get Dalvin Cook. Instead, he ends up being with the Minnesota Vikings. And, oh, by the way, Coach McCartan, week three, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Minneapolis to play the Minnesota Vikings. So how about that storyline, Dalvin Cook against the Buccaneers in his third professional game. If all things are equal and he's healthy, he's ready to go, that'll be a great storyline uh, for that game. And, you know, what, what it also goes back to is no matter what your wants are, what your desires are, it's not going to work out that you get all the guys that you want in, in a draft and in, in their mind, it was more important to get O.J. Howard than it was to take Dalvin Cook. And uh, we'll see. I, I believe, I have said this consistently, I said it on the draft cover the other night, Dalvin Cook is going to be good, if not great, in the NFL. And they're going to be teams that are going to regret, not that needed running back help, they're going to regret not having taken a Dalvin Cook. I don't, I don't believe the Bucks are going to regret it that much because they have other talented guys, but there will be teams who needed running back help, who a year from now are going to be saying, we could have used Dalvin Cook. We're right back in the top ten of the draft with a poor running game, and we could have drafted Dalvin Cook. I think he's going to be a good, if not great, pro. Doug Martin, suspended for violating the NFL's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Obviously a running back. Where does he stand in the organization? Well, it's a great question because uh, he's currently suspended for the first three games of the upcoming season. And this is after getting a massive contract uh, from the Bucs, and deservedly so, after the 2015 season where he was second in the NFL in rushing. He got a whole bunch of money. He ends up uh, being injured for part of um, the season last year and then ends up at the end of the year getting the drug suspension. So now it's a question mark. And, and here's the other thing. When he got the drug suspension per his contract, his money is no longer guaranteed. The guaranteed money is voided. In that deal, so the Bucks hold all the leverage. If Doug Martin is not in shape, if Doug Martin is not contributing the way they need him to contribute, especially after the suspension, they have no more long-term obligation to him with guaranteed money. So, 
I, I believe, and I know Doug personally and professionally, I, I believe he realizes this is his last chance with Tampa Bay and potentially his last chance in the NFL. He's had injury problems. Now he's had a drug suspension. You want to be the best Doug Martin that you can possibly be here in 2017 because he's got a chance to still be the featured running back for this team. And if he's not, they just drafted a guy on Saturday night who ironically played at Boise State and reminds everybody of Doug Martin. The Jeremy McNichols kid was breaking some of Doug Martin's records at Boise State. So how wild is that? The Bucks drafted a guy in the fifth round from the very same school. So let's, uh, let's see how it plays out. Again, the Bucks have some talented uh, running backs and can potentially get this done. We'll see. We'll see uh, what Doug Martin can bring. Now, with all this being said, as you said, the last season the Bucks finished 9-7. and seven. Second in the NFC South, only to the NFC champion, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, in the draft, the Saints added lockdown corner, who I think is going to be a lockdown corner, Marshawn Lattimore. I wanted him for the Jets, but that's another story. Uh, the Panthers landed versatile Christian McCaffrey, who I wanted for the Giants. How is, <laughs> how is 2017 looking for the Buccaneers now? Well, I mean, uh, you definitely, New Orleans needed help in a couple, three different areas, so they're trying to address that after another losing season. In Carolina, that goes from a year where they were 15-1 and one and went to the Super Bowl to having a losing record themselves. Yep. I think they will end up being better uh, anyway, depending on the health of Cam Newton. Remember, offseason shoulder surgery for him. I love McCaffrey. Uh, an explosive player who you can throw the ball to, yep. kick returner, the whole thing. So that guy's going to be a thorn in the Bucks' side twice a year in the NFC South, too. And you didn't even mention that the Falcons are the defending NFC champs with all of their weapons and their pass game and Devontae Freeman, and uh, they improved their defense some. So that's going to be a challenging division. It, uh, it has always been a crazy division, Danielle, where from one year to the, the next, you don't know who's going to win it. I mean, again, Carolina two years ago, 15-1, and one, losing season in 2016. The Atlanta Falcons, who fell apart in 2015, had a 5-0 start, fell apart, and had a losing record. In 2015, they come back and win the division and win the whole thing in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. So it's been unpredictable in the South. I wouldn't expect anything less. It's probably going to be another unpredictable year in 2017. Well, definitely we'll be keeping an eye on that from here. Uh, I'm ready for the season to start. I don't know about you. I don't want to wait four months, but we got to wait four months now for all this to unfold. The players got to go through two a days. And uh, we'll see. Then everybody starts the same. Zero and zero. We find out who can do what. Uh, in the upcoming NFL season. All right, TJ. Well, thank you for coming on. Just uh, tell the people, especially here, up here in New York, New Jersey, where they can follow your work, because you do a great job down there in Tampa with the Bucks. I appreciate the kind words. You can find me a couple different ways. Find me on Twitter at BucksSidelineGuy, B-U-C, BucksSidelineGuy. I'm always publicizing what I'm up to. I do a lot of work with TuneIn and, uh, and do a couple of different projects for them. Do a do kind of a weekend recap and a weekend preview that is on TuneIn. You can find that. Uh, do a little golf as well. Best way to keep up with me, though, find me there on Twitter at Bucks Sideline Guy. And the Buccaneers season will be here before we know it, the Buccaneers mobile app. Uh, you can find me doing shows on there as well, Dirk Cutter's radio show, player shows, as well as the Buccaneer uh, radio network calls of the game. So, uh, again, it'll be football season before we know it. We, we cannot wait for that, can we? I think we're all anxious for the for the actual games to finally get here once the summer's over. Right. <laughs> and, by the way, the Jets and the Giants, everybody listening, are going to be playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. So that's something. That's right. <laughs> Both come 
to Tampa Bay and in the Giants' case, they get to come play in the heat and the humidity. It'll be a little less hot in a 4 o'clock game early on in the year. So, uh, yeah, both New York teams will be playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa this season.